0: Good morning zig ziglar said if you aim at nothing you will hit it every time we want to be a church willing to risk failure while aiming at something for the savior we serve following the lead of our very intentional savior this eldership sees the need for us to take aim at some specific targets for growth that will enable us to impact this community for jesus christ Fourteen months ago, we commissioned Jimmy and our elder administrative team to come up with a vision for our church to take us to the end of 2020. This leadership spent time in prayer, assessed our strengths and weaknesses, and asked God, Lord, with your power and strength alongside us, where should we take aim? We took what we believed to be his answer to the deacons and invited them to speak into the vision and pray over it. Then we brought it to you. We're now in the second year of our 2020 vision, and we as an eldership are pleased with our progress. In a moment, Jimmy will be speaking to several aspects of that vision, but right now, I wanna speak to the financial aspect of it and mention a few projects that we felt led to put before you. Everybody is familiar with our mission statement here at KCC, leading ordinary people into an extraordinary relationship with Jesus by loving God, loving neighbor, and living life to the full. We want to take a look at our budget. I know this is everybody's favorite thing. I used to be a math teacher, and I'd say, who loves math? And one kid would raise his hand out of 30, maybe, or her hand. Here's, here's what we're doing with our money that we're, we're getting each week. $15,500 a week is our budget figure. And you can see from the the slide as we go, local evangelism represents 38% of that budget. Education is 25%. Foreign missions is 9%. And then our facilities, which this year include a remodel out at the Arms of Hope, is another 25%. I want to give you a little bit of information on that remodel at Arms of Hope. They are remodeling 16 cottages out there Uh, for the single moms that are 50 to 60 years old, completely outdated in every way, and we're just helping in a small way. We're going to contribute $25,000 to help with the renovation, uh, partial renovation of one of those. So you can kind of see where they're going with all that, but that's got to be really exciting for them out there uh, at Arms of Hope to, uh, to have all that remodeling going on for these wonderful moms that are all in here with us. So, with regards to the budget, I'm sure there are many of you who, like me, mathematician-type people, you went, "Well, that's not 100%. It's 97, right? There is another 3% that is miscellaneous stuff, so that uh, it doesn't add up to 100%, and we do know that." (laughs) So, let's move on now to projects and other initiatives. First of all, we've got the pavilion. If you've noticed out in the back, been working on the pavilion out there for us to be able to use for our church picnics and, and things such as, as that uh, here with our, with our congregation. Um, that will be completed before too long. And we want to make sure that we give a big thank you this morning to Dustin and Craig Leonard and Rick Sarala because they're the ones that are doing all that. So thank you, guys. We appreciate you. Now below that, in the valley down there, below the pavilion, we, we're exploring creating a park-like area. Um, cleaning it up down there, cleaning out all the scrub that's down there, and turning that into a park-type area that we actually can use um, instead of just having a bunch of, of brush below the pavilion. Hopefully we'll be able to, uh, to get something nice done down there that we can make use of. We also want to enhance our security. And I want to make it real clear. We're not doing this out of fear. We want you to come to church and feel safe in this place. We want this church to be a safe place and your mind to be at ease when you walk in here. Um, Because of that, to enhance security, we're going to add outdoor lighting. If you come on Wednesday nights, you know that this back parking lot is not very well lit Okay, we're gonna we're gonna add outdoor lighting so that it is well lit after uh, soon. Uh, we've also added an officer um, to uh, to help us downstairs. Uh, Clark is implementing a check-in and check-out system for the children, so that you know nobody gets out the back door and, and, and we're unaware of it. Um, and then we've also we've put into place a uh, a member trained security team that will be be uh, in place for emergencies. So we're trying to do all we can to make this place safe and make you feel safe when you come here. And that's all that's about. Um, finally, uh, we also want to continue the Christian School Scholarships that we started last year. We currently have two girls, uh, Aubrey Pruitt and Ryan Kate Jones, are receiving $1,000 a semester. And uh, uh, they will continue to receive that. Uh, for four years assuming they remain in those in the Christian schools uh, that they are currently in so a total of eight thousand dollars that is awarded to them as scholarship money and uh, we're right on the verge of adding two more people to that here this spring so uh, that's that's something else we will continue next uh, we want to look at the eldership it's been three years Uh, Since we went through our eldership selection process, which means it's time for our reaffirmation of those who wish to be reconsidered, who are current elders, um, to continue on. We want to get that done by the end of March, beginning of April, so we will be going through that reaffirmation process very soon. We also uh, want to give you the opportunity to add additional elders to that. Um, So we will go through our selection process again in May um, to add additional elders um, to the current ones, the process where you nominate and then we as a church decide who we would like to see um, leading uh, as a shepherd in this church. And finally, we want to continue our study of women's roles in the church. No decisions have been made of any kind regarding women's roles. We want to study this. We want to look further. We want to take the rest of this year to have additional lessons, meetings, and study this and then make wise, sound, God-led decisions on what women's roles in this church would look like. Finally today, um, we have three current elders who have decided it's time for them To step away from the eldership. We want to acknowledge them. Right now. They've served over 20 years. In this congregation. With love. Sacrifice. Um, They've just given everything they have. And I'm going to ask them to stand. As I call their name. And we want to recognize them. And and give them a big thank you. And I know this first one ain't going to like it. But Dal Howard. He's over there. Donnie Lawrence. And John Rich. There is no way to thank these three men enough for all they've done for this church family. What a blessing they've been and will continue to be to this church family. And I want you to know that we will formally thank them at a later date. So, in an effort to keep you informed as a church family, we plan to do two to three of these shepherd reports each year. And we would really appreciate your input, your prayers, as we strive together with you to take aim where God leads us. Thank you. Morning, church.
1: Um, I want to take a minute to just say this about what Clay mentioned as far as the um, elders that are stepping down. Uh, those of you who are new to Churches of Christ um, may not know this, but elders are not paid in any form or fashion. Um, they volunteer their time and effort and energy uh, to oversee every aspect. Of church life. And they do that uh, because we see Jesus Christ in them, and because we have seen them uh, shepherding or serving in some areas of our church family uh, that we wanted to see a greater influence in for our entire church family. So that's what an elder or a shepherd does for us. And, and, uh, and so when we speak of John and Dal and um, Donnie as stepping down from that, um, it's not because there's anything negative that's going on that that they would want to step back from. It's because they want to step down to allow some other men whose influence needs to be let loose in influencing our entire congregation. We've been watching you serve in some capacities that we're really impressed with, and so we're going to be putting those names forward to the church and asking you to put some other names forward to the church so that we can expand the role of loving on this group of people in a way that would honor God and bless your lives, okay? And so I just want to say uh, thank you to Dowd and to John and to Donnie. Um, There's just no way, again, as Clay has said, in this short time that we have this morning, to be able to express to them what they have meant to the life of this church, but we will do that. I'd like to ask you to bow with me, okay? Father, thank you. Thank you for shepherds um, who truly sacrifice uh, to lay their lives on the line to make sure that we have the opportunity to to know you, to grow together in the love of Christ as a family, and to do our best to try to reach out and to, um, to bless not just this community but also this nation and the world. Uh, That's a task, Father, that's way, way too big for any one person. Uh, And so we thank you for the multiple uh, servants who have said yes to being in the role of shepherd and elder. We ask even today that you would bless Dal and Donnie and John as they continue to uh, serve in this body of Christ and as they continue to offer their lives on the altar for your son uh, to be used in any form or fashion to lead ordinary people into an extraordinary relationship with Christ. Thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, all that they have done. Thank you for uh, how you have molded and shaped them to bless our family. And Father, now as we continue to, to talk about the vision for this church, would you please pour through me the gift of sharing that vision? Uh, it's much bigger than me, God, and I need your help today. In Christ's name I ask it and everybody said, A year ago... We took aim at some pretty audacious goals for this church family. And I want to start with the one that matters the least. Our first goal was to see 500 people gathering together for worship, just like we're doing now on a regular basis by the end of December 31st, 2020. Right now, we're averaging about the same we did last year, uh, which is about 360 people. And so we're not very close to fulfilling that particular goal. But I say this, it is the least of our 2020 vision goals. Our primary goal at this church is going to be through this year, uh, and and most likely on past this year, to do all that we can to get you out of these rows and into circles. And I'm going to say this in a way that, that I hope no one can miss. That is our primary goal. We are glad that you you brought your worship here today uh, to join it in singing and praising and sharing in the Lord's Supper. We realize that that is a huge part of of the body of Christ, but it's just a a part of the body of Christ. That So much of our life goes on outside these walls, and so that's why we're, we're looking outside these walls as how we can use that time, effort, energy, and money to enhance our relationships with one another and with those that we hope to see become a part of the body of Christ. But I don't apologize for this being a season when your elders have decided we're probably going to be doing more sowing than we are reaping, and we're not making any apologies for that. But we are reaping. One of our big goals is this, is to see 50 people every single year make a first-time commitment to Jesus Christ to be baptized into his family. How are we doing that? Well, in our partnership with Arms of Hope, and our commitment to loving on them and, and, and pouring the Word of God into them and them loving on us and pouring their lives into us, together we have seen 26 people come to Jesus Christ this year. Now our goal is 50, uh, and so we've got a ways to go to get there, but we saw 26 people say yes to Jesus Christ, and we are thrilled about that. Where we see the most growth towards our 2020 vision Has been in our efforts to truly strengthen this body locally. Secondly, into specific efforts of outreach locally, and then lastly, to share our gospel um, of Jesus Christ internationally. First, what do I mean by this locally? With Bible study fellowship meeting on our campus, Mondays and Thursdays, with the offerings of men's Bible studies, ladies Bible studies with our exciting teens and children's ministries that are, that are teaching the Word through every possible venue there. We have never in the history of my, the church since I've been here had a wider and deeper variety of offerings of ways you can study and know the Word of God. Now, I love that. The, the men and women and the children and the teens who've decided, I want to help do what I can do, to help others know what this word says has never been deeper and it has never been wider. More on that a little bit later. And if you want to study the scriptures, we got a place for you, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. But what I'm, also connect, what I'm excited about is that if you want to get connected to a group of people who will walk through life with you and help you do life to the fullest, that has never been deeper or wider in the history of our church. And so I just want to say, if you're right now now, not involved in a life group, they meet on the first and the third Sundays of every single month, and we get together and we share a meal, we share what's going on in our week, uh, things that we want you to celebrate with us, things that we want you to pray for us in, and we just do life together. And then they just stop there. Uh, Some of the life groups traveled up uh, this last week to go hear one of our own sing at the state choir competition. Some of you come to see basketball games here and soccer games and are, be, and are part of birthday celebrations. We're just doing life together in those groups. And our goal for those groups is to have 300 of this around 400-member church involved in life groups by the end of 2020 this year. Right now, we moved from 230 in 2018 to 234 in 2019, so we're making some strides there. Way to go, church. But I want to say this. To the rest of you who've not made the decision to be a part of that, we're weaker because you have not Not maybe specifically into a life group that meets on the first or third Sundays, but if you're not doing life with another group of people in this church, we're missing out on the past and the present of how Christ has moved in your life. And you're missing out on, on our past and present of how Christ is moving in our lives because there's no way to do this life well unless we do it together. Amen? And so we need you to come join and be a part of us. And so I'm hoping that you'll make that a priority. Your elders are hoping that you'll go deeper and wider with the people of this church outside this service so that we truly can reach more and more people for Jesus Christ. One of the efforts that we want to underscore here today and this morning... Again, as I say, our focus so much is not so much what takes place on inside this building this, these next two years, but really what takes place outside is, this, is the use of your homes. Last year, we challenged you. Would you please step up and invite one of the KCC members in this church, just one, on one day to your home? And would you step up and invite one other person that we hope to make a part of our KCC family to that home? And so we're going to take a live census to see how we did. You ready? All right, nobody be bashful. Here we go. If this year, birthday party, you had someone over for life group, you had someone over for a cup of coffee, piece of pie, pot roast, something, play Xbox with, watch the Cowboys lose, whatever you did, if you had a KCC member into your home, would you please raise your hand? Hi. Keep them up high. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten looks like somewhere around a hundred of you. Okay, now, if you had someone in your home that you hope to become a part of the KCC family, would you please raise your hand? Hold them up high. Okay, not quite as many, maybe a third, probably around 30, maybe 35 ish. Okay, can I ask you to do better? It's funny how we churches talk about, man, we'd like to see us grow. And yet those front doors stay closed to those who we know need Christ the most. We have been trying, ever since I've been here, and I know they've been trying before that, to see this church grow and make a larger impact in our community. Well, you know, what? we really haven't grown that much. And that's not too bad because almost 90% of the churches in America are in a 10 to 15% decline. We're holding our own. And that's, that's, that's maintaining. But I serve a Christ who called me to attaining, not maintaining. He's called me to go into all the world and share the gospel. He's planted me in specific neighborhoods, Acts says, in order to make a difference in those neighborhoods for him. Intentionally, he's placed me in specific places so that I can have some type of a kingdom influence. And I'm asking, you get to have your house 363 days a year keep the drawbridge up, stay in there all you want, but I'm asking for two days. Two. One, to drop that bridge and invite a member of this family in and to love on them, hear their story, talk about their week, and the other, to invite someone else in that could be benefiting from the love you're benefiting benefiting from here in this church. And we're not backing off of that challenge. Because we believe that when we raise the bar in our own personal lives... To become that 200 family that's loving on relationally people both inside and outside the church, we're going to be, we don't even have to worry about the 500 who's attending here in in our services. One connects to the other. And so that's one of our big goals. Great job, church, but we can do better. Now, one area in which we're killing it, I mean, just doing awesome, is we hoped in this church here to again decrease the fellowship with one another some of you here in the central church of christ will never meet someone in the west side and the east side church of christ i don't care how long you attend here and so we're shaking that up by look who's coming to dinner and our goal we set last year was to have at least 300 people attend look who's coming to dinner well just last year you hit 296 all right And so we're making some strides there and we're meeting some people we would never meet any other way. And we've usually done that twice since Raymond's been here. But this year we made the decision. We said, you know, instead of having a second gathering to try to get to know some people as a part of our family, why don't we go outside and bless some people that we hope to see in our family? And so we set off a grace bomb on September the 11th on a day that's marked by terrorists who brought hate and destruction to our country in a way that we had never experienced before. We wanted to flip and to to go and bless some people and maybe change how that day is remembered in some other folks' lives for Christians, not terrorists, but Christians' blessing and loving on them. And so we selected Bracero's Restaurant. Remember that? And about 130 of us met over there on, on uh, September the 11th. And before we went, we collected some money. We knew they had eleven employees that were gonna be there that night, and so we divided that money up, and we placed into their hands two hundred and ninety dollars apiece they didn't know they were gonna get that night. It was amazing. It's a little bit rough right now, but Brayden's been working on this, but we decided we're going to go ahead and show it anyways. It's not the finished product. There are several churches who've heard about this and said, would you please put a video together of that event so that we can now implement that here in our own town? Watch. This is what we've got so far. What a fun, fun evening. But your outreach didn't stop there. You gave $50,000 this year uh, to help a family who's never had a chance to own a home in their lives, and who may not ever have had a chance to own their home um, without your generosity. Uh, We were just only half of that deal. You know we partnered with the Impact Church, and by God's grace, we were able to hand the keys to a very well-deserving, very appreciative family. And this young lady here um, not only had... Has had a difficult time getting her home, her family in a home. She just went through uh, stage four breast cancer, and um, I cannot tell you how the how much emotion she had that day of receiving those keys and of of just thanking us for making this possible for them. You had a huge part of that. Um, your outreach continued. In making it possible for children who wake up in the middle of the night and are a part of the absolute worst nightmare of being taken out of their homes and having to be taken someplace here by uh, our local government. CPS is part of how you know that, that uh, outreach. Um, and we stock a pantry with needs that, that those children might have on that particular evening or that particular day to help make that transition a little bit easier. It, it breaks our heart that it even has to, that it has to happen that way, but we are thrilled to have a part in making that, that a little bit easier on someone who's living out their worst nightmare. Um, your outreach continues through the Pregnancy Resource Center. Young ladies who find themselves pregnant, some not so young, and not knowing exactly what to do, have a place to be able to go and to hear what their options are not to abort that child. At how they might get help to to have that baby birthed and to given to a couple that would love to have a child, but also beyond that, even how to take care of some of the children that they have. Um, your generosity through your tithes and offerings makes it possible for us to to bless uh, Divinity Family Ministries through their outreach to foster care foster care system here in our. It's not even a system to foster care needs in our community, and you're doing that there. Uh, so many things are going on here in our, our community that you have made possible this year by the dollars that you've given and also by the time, effort, and energy. And I just wanted you to be reminded of that. Arms of Hope is our major outreach to this community. And we invite and, and welcome almost a 100 of, 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 of the members of that ministry, moms and children that are a part of that, single moms that we want to help get a restart on life, um, children who haven't experienced much of a sane, Savior-led life, uh, are a part of that ministry. And we have had the opportunity uh, since I've been here. It's part of the reason why I even came, because of what this church was doing with that ministry. And to be blessed by them and for us to be a blessing to them, is a it is the flagship local ministry that we have for this church. And we are so glad to have you guys from Arms of Hope. You bless us in ways you will never know. We hope we're the same kind of blessing to you. you. Um, But it's not just locally, it's internationally. You guys are knocking it out of the park. Uh, Live Beyond is a ministry of David and Lori Vanderpool. Bill and Carolyn and Anderson have a unique connection with that ministry, uh, their daughter. And so it has been amazing to be a part of that. Haiti is a part of our world that just seems to continually be racked with disasters especially natural disasters. And so they're right in the thick of that, providing clean drinking water and medical clinics, education, um, all to connect with those people who are in desperate, desperate needs. And you're a part of that every single year. Um, And that ministry has baptized over 100 people a year since 2005. And so it's truly making an inroads in not just the practical needs, but their eternal life needs in a huge way. Sal Louise is a mission team. St. is actually a city, but we have a mission team that we sent there, and we have a very uh, large connection with that family, because Steve and Renee Bailey's daughter is a part of that mission team. And they've been there now. Is this their third year? Going on year three. This is their second year. So they're, they're just getting their feet on the ground and getting and getting a little bit more comfortable with the Portuguese language. They have services on Sunday, and on, I think it's on Thursday. We were able to... Uh, um, FaceTime in this last Sunday in Chad Warner's class and just share with them what it's like to, to launch a church for the very first time. And, and they were honest. It's not the easiest of things. Uh, it's been difficult to leave their families. It's, it's, been, uh, it's been a challenge to make some uh, inroads in, but they're doing a great job. They have, they have, this is amazing, one of the places that God's called them to. They found a way to bless the city morgue there. You heard me correctly. God has made some connections there where they've gone and actually helped to make that a much better place than existed before their arrival. Some relationships there have been started to be formed there uh, that have have enabled them to have inroads into their community like they never could have experienced or never thought they could have experienced. Uh, They really have a focus, not on such large worship settings like this, but keeping them small and very relational. Uh, Brazil is a very relational country. Uh, where maybe in America we can be a little bit more individualistic and we can be our castles and our moats. Very relational community. And so that's their aim of taking the gospel in very relational settings. And so they're they're doing that through their Bible studies there. Uh, probably our flagship outreach ministry across the international continent is is through Bazooa, Ghana. Uh, because of Jerry and Fran Thornton's love and passion to take the gospel to places that very few people wanted to go, Uh, They took the gospel through education uh, to Bazua Christian Academy in Bazua, Ghana. I had a chance to go there a couple of years ago to see what was going on. And, there again, no words could say how powerful an experience to see those who just don't have much believing they are so blessed, convinced that they are so blessed. And you know what? by some of your efforts and energy through the dollars that you've given and also from some of us who've gone over there and poured uh, poured time, effort, and energy into training those teachers. Over 300 kids from kindergarten to ninth grade are receiving an education because of that work. Between 10 and 20 of those kids every year are baptized into Christ since they've begun that ministry there. It is just amazing how your influence is helping one of the poorest parts of our world not only know Jesus Christ, but have a better life than they ever could have imagined. And so your, your, your outreach has been incredible. And your eldership, your leadership just wants you to know, thank you. Thank you for everything that you've done on your, on your knees praying for this. Thank you for everything that you've done in giving your money, actually God's money, but you, you know, you're giving it back, uh, talking about that in, over the next four weeks. Well, we're going to have a great time this next year looking into how we can continue to deepen these relationships right here among us and the relationship with those people that we hope that will be here among us. But I just want to say on behalf of our elders, thank you. Thank you for trusting us enough to dream and to pray and to put before you these 2020 goals that we hope are going to stretch us and make us into the body of Christ that we never have really experienced yet. Thrilled with where God has us, but but again, God's not called us to maintain, but to attain. Now, I want to get to the fun part of this series, or this message today. Um, It's one thing to set goals and dream and pray and say, God, could you, would you, It's another thing to see how they begin to unfold and how they begin to show themselves in real blessings of relationships and people that we now get to see and know because of the love of Christ that gets shared in this place. Let me share with you three stories. One of them has to do with a house that burned down. One has to do with a marriage that was in the process of burning down. And the other has to do with a young lady's heart that's on fire. First, is about a house on fire. Dave Spinks is a member here at KCC. He told me over the phone that it's amazing how what matters most in the world comes into focus quickly when your daughter calls and says, Dad, our house is on fire. It was the home of his daughter, Alina, and his wife, Vicky. Dave shot over there as fast as he legally could and on the way, he called Connie Pop, a sister here at the Kirkville Church of Christ, and the woman that Dave's been dating for about a year and a half. Connie said to Dave, "Please let Vicki and Elena know that they can stay with me tonight as long as they need to, until they can get a place of their own." Dave said he was thrilled, but he was not shocked that Connie would welcome into her home a woman that he had been married to. Because that's what the love of Christ does. And if you know Connie Pop, the love of Christ resides in her heart in a big way. It doesn't ask for driver's licenses or marriage licenses or green cards or voter registration cards. It doesn't try to vet who's worthy of our love. It just gives it to those who need it. And that's what Connie did. She said, "Please tell them they're welcome to stay here as long as they need to." And not only did they come and stay with Connie, but they also, the next day, Connie took Vicky to the Red Cross and to Cam and to Salvation Army, and to St. Francis, St. Francis, anywhere that they thought they could find assistance to help Vicki and Elena get back on their feet. And God's outpouring of love, they said, just has left him speechless. Uh, one of the fun things is uh, the apartment complex where they're now making their home at least for a while um, they, they're, they're, they're unpacking and getting some things taken into the apartment and a lady comes across the street whose mother had been uh, placed into one of our nursing care facilities said I got a whole house of furniture why don't you just take that brand new more furniture from, from here in Kerrville uh, just, uh, he, he guessed somewhere between two and $3,000 worth of furniture he said come and take this But that's been done over and over and over again by this Christian community pouring back what they've received so generously from the God in their hearts. And if you know Connie at all, she's just wringing out the love of Christ on on a family that she has already experienced uh, and has been blessed by. And she didn't want me telling you this story. So I begged her and she said, okay, if Dave's good with it. And so we have. And so uh, I'm just grateful for her letting us share how the love of Christ is blessing not only this community, but also us. And two young ladies that uh, we're thrilled uh, to get to know better. Number two. Yeah, that's it. Yay, God. That's the house on fire. Now about the marriage that was on fire. One of our newest Jesus followers is Brandon Silva. He and his wife, Rachel, were not in a good place when they first came to KCC. Their jobs kept them at opposite ends of a 24-hour day. They were just two ships passing in the night, literally. And Brandon said after five years, that schedule took its toll on their marriage, so much so that they weren't sure they wanted to stay in that marriage. Brandon had promised to attend the Church of Latter-day Saints with his wife, Rachel. But he had let other things come between him and that commitment. Brandon will tell you it wasn't the Jesus that the Mormons were speaking of that he had a problem with. It was the Book of Mormon, but not the Jesus that they were talking to him about. He said, as a matter of fact, when he listened to the missionaries along with Rachel about this Jesus, he could tell his heart was beginning to change. He wasn't ready to make a commitment, but there was an obvious change that Rachel said she even saw in who he was. Brandon said, my own self-sitterness was more the problem than the Mormons' beliefs. And it kept me from keeping my promises to my wife. With his wife sitting there while he's talking to me, he said my marriage was in shambles. And so we decided to work on our marriage. And at the center of that decision was to choose a church family we could both attend. And so Brandon started doing some research online. He clicked on the website of the Kerrville Church of Christ and he said he connected with the energy of the site, the values he read there the description of what this, this body of believers was trying to be. Listen to a couple of the sermons. They were okay. And so they decided to pay us a visit. And ever since they came in for the very first time, they have sat right up here on the front row. And I asked Brandon about it, He said, well, because Rachel's a front row kind of girl. She wants to be right in the middle of everything. And so they have been. And when they found out about our starting point class, they went and kicked some tires to see how much more they could know about this place that they were thinking they wanted to be a part of. And they sat back there in our offices, and Ray took them through the starting point class that shares with anyone who wants to know what our values are, what our vision is, what our mission is. And they wanted to buy in. They said, where do we sign on? And Rachel said, well, before we do, uh, you need to know that Brandon's not baptized. And Raymond said, we can fix that. (laughs) He said, if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he paid the price for your sin debt that you can't pay, and if you believe that he's been resurrected and gives you hope for your being resurrected, you can do that. Brandon said, when? And Raymond said, how about next Sunday? And sure enough, Brandon was baptized. And he's sitting right out here on the front row. If you have ever wondered why in the world that we would spend so much money on an engaging, connecting website, come meet them after church. This is why. They have two beautiful daughters, uh, Angelise and Ariana. Am I saying that right? And uh, they would love to meet you too. All right, that's the house on fire. That was the marriage that was on fire in a bad way. That's on fire in a much better way now. And then lastly, a heart that's on fire. You may not have known it, but God plays favorites. (laughs) Just read the story. (laughs) He has some favorites. When he came here in the flesh, there were 12 that he called out of all the disciples that uh, he wanted to follow him. Out of that 12, he chose three, Peter, James, and John, that he took specific places. The other nine didn't get to go. And out of that three, there was one who even wrote he was his BFF. And so God has favorites. And one of those is Rita Gill. She is a dandy. You will rarely meet somebody who loves Jesus more and this church more than Rita Gill. Several weeks ago, you heard me talk about the night to shine. Go ahead and put up the next slide, guys. It's a ministry that Tim Tebow launched over, I think it was about five years ago. But it involves a prom night experience for those who have special physical needs and mental needs in our community. And right now it's um, Cross Timbers Church is the lead, the point on that uh, in our community. And I shared it here with our community to see if there was anyone that wanted to be a part of that. I um, I was hoping to be a part of that, but I got stood up. Someone that I wanted to have go with me hasn't said yes yet, but maybe we'll work on that next year. Rita's a dandy. she's already been working on it. She said that... She had been there the year before and had such a great time, but was hoping this year she could be a buddy. A buddy is someone who meets one of the, uh, the guests that come on the Night to Shine, and, and they escort them through the meal, through the dancing, through the whole evening. And Rita said, I got to be one this year. She did. And so she took Marla through the night, and they, they took pictures together. They ate dinner together. Uh, they did the electric slide together. They just had a blast, but what, um, what Rita said she did most was just listen, because Marla had a lot to say, and so that's what she did that evening, and she blessed her life in a very special way. Who does that? <laughs> Who does that for a young princess she's never met? A woman whose heart is on fire for Christ. A woman whose heart that you have nurtured and loved on and cared for uh, to the point that now she's giving that love and that nurture away to people. And that's who we want to be at the Kerrville Church Christ. Body of ragamuffins who admits we don't do very well at living a human being's life. We've asked God to forgive us where we failed in those attempts, and we're asking God to fill us with His Spirit to help us be better human beings here as long as He wants to leave us here. And to do so in such a way that brings honor and glory to who He is for all that He's done for us. And so really, that's what's at the core of Vision 2020. It's just a few goals that we're aiming at to try to, to be more intentional and to do a little bit better job of being the body of Christ you may not know this but 1100 churches of Christ closed their doors last year. 4000 across America. We don't want to be one of them. We want to continue to hand the legacy of what we've experienced and what we've come to know through this fellowship called Churches of Christ to the next generation. But it will not happen because of better preaching. It will not happen because of better singing. It will not happen because of of more exciting programs that we're a part of. It will happen when we so love what we've been a part of, we want to share it with those who haven't been a part of it yet. And So we're just trying to encourage you and, and come alongside you and train you and motivate you to move outside these walls, to drop the drawbridges of your homes, and to let people come inside and, and immediately start seeing your story. And you start asking them about their story first. And praying, dear God, would you would you some way, somehow, create a moment where they could hear how you've changed my story. And here is where we're going to see some of that fruit. But you just had a chance to listen to most of the fruit that matters. And that's changed lives. Church, will you help this leadership make a difference? Testing. There we go. Let me say that again. Because this matters. This is not just something that was dreamed up in the back room. We sit, we got together with the uh, first three elders, and then we took that to all ten elders. And then we took it to our deacons, and we said, this vision 2020... Uh, we don't want this to be something that was created back here in some ministerial office. We want this to be our vision and to a person. Some little tweaks went on, but what we've shared this morning is our vision for this church. And so I'm going to ask you once again, will you commit not to this vision so much as will you commit to being the body of Christ in such a way that this place, this place here, gets to experience Men and women and children who've never had a relationship with Jesus Christ, entering into one. Would you commit to doing that? Okay, we've got a long way to grow. Father in heaven, we love you. We thank you for um, the incredible gift that was sent into this place. Um, Father, we we just come before you this morning confessing because of our own selfishness, because our own self-centeredness, because of our own agenda, rather than your agenda. Um, doors are closing all over the country. If you are are changing how you're doing the body of Christ in this world, so be it. But we want to be in on it. We want to be in on how you want us as a community of faith to reach into people's lives and to share how you've changed our story and how you can change their stories. And Father, I thank you this morning for Rita. I thank you this morning for Brandon. I thank you this morning for um, all the ways in which you have stepped into our lives to help young Christian women like Connie Pop want to open up her home. I just thank you for that. I thank you for enabling us to be able to love people we've never been able to love before. I thank you for enabling us to to care for people that in, in the past we've just written off as somebody else's problem. And we're asking that, would you please help us be a body of people that together truly do lead ordinary, everyday people into an extraordinary relationship with your Son, Jesus. We can't do that alone. Holy Spirit, come and fill us to do your kingdom work. We ask us in Jesus name and everybody stand. Let's stand and give him praise church.